welcome to another episode here of the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts from the side, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Side Guys, which is Tad the Side. And Tad, you were on location at the Super Bowl. Like, I mean, how was that whole experience? Stop talking so loud. <laughs> bring, bring it down. Bring it down. Yeah, you were it's there with your dad. You got the tickets from your sister. It's... Like, I mean, that's just exciting stuff. Like, I mean, just tell us, tell us about the experience. Eagles fans go way too hard. <laughs> Why do you need to drink so much? I'm just, I'm so, I'm, I'm hurting. I'm, I'm literally struggling through this episode right now. Amur needs to carry this just to let you guys know. Like, oh my god, we're not this even is, a minute I, in, oh, dude. Come good on, <laughs> good lord. I feel like I'm in the Matrix right now with these sunglasses. Like, it's just, we're going to try this. We're going to see how it goes. But, man, like, this is, I have bare minimum information going in. So, we're going to see how this goes. All right. All right. We'll see how this all goes. But, yeah. In case oh, it's you, so bright. <laughs> in case you were not watching the Super Bowl because you had no passing interest. or you're, you're smart. A salty Niners fan, maybe, or a bitter Bengals fan, possibly. Like, I mean, maybe you just didn't watch it. But the Kansas City Chiefs have won the Super Bowl uh, 38-35 to on a last-second field goal, maybe with a questionable holding call in the fourth quarter. I mean, obviously, okay, I think we're we'll, going to get into that. We'll we're get to that a little bit later here. But just, yeah, I think it was a very good game overall. It was very back and forth. You got good, two good teams playing against each other. Um Honestly, Tad, like I texted you as it was happening, but you sort of disagreed with me. But I felt the halftime show, eh. You know, it's funny because you texted me that. So obviously, I was watching it live. And live, it was awesome. And then I went to a Super Bowl after party, you know, not a big flex there. But I went to a Super Bowl after party and uh, I saw like how they televised it. They televised that horribly. Like the, the that's all, what I'm all thinking. The, all the stage directions of the platforms and stuff was so cool live. Like they did like a, like a stairs platform and everything. I could go into the, we could do a whole episode on this, but I, I'm not a big Super Bowl halftime guy myself. But that was really really cool, and they did a horrible job televising that. I think that probably was the overall experience. Then I think being in person probably it was a lot better. Um, but just yeah, watching on TV, I just didn't feel it was as great. Um. Her songs are great. Like I love Rihanna's songs, but just like overall, the performance just felt a little fell a little flat too. Um, maybe you could count to it her being pregnant. Like I don't know what it was, but that just was like, wild. That was <laughs> wild. I did not know she was pregnant. My dad looked yeah. at me like halfway through was like, "Is she pregnant?" I'm like, "No, she's not pregnant." Get out of here. And I was like, "Oh shit, she's pregnant." Yeah, yeah. So overall, like I said, it felt it fell a little flat. I think it could have been a little bit better, especially for her first performance in like six or seven years. I can't remember exactly what it was, but just like, yeah, I expected something a little bit more, but just, yeah, I feel this is okay. But yeah, Gamble overall is pretty good. We're going to get into our recap in today's episode, but I think first things first, we definitely have to give a shout out to our friends at Bet Online because, yeah, with some of the bets that we made last week, I mean, we're going to get into this, Tad, but we were pretty Three successful. Four, baby. Three Thanks for four, baby. Friends. <laughs> Thanks to our friends at Bet Online. We're also going to get into our odds for the future props with the future Super Bowl potential winners. We'll get to that later in the episode, too. But yeah, Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's 
Well, there's still some stuff you can bet on with the NFL, maybe some free agency stuff. You got the draft coming up, but NFL, uh, NBA just had the all-star break is coming up this weekend. So, I mean, there's a lot of great stuff to bet there. MLB is uh, pitches and catches starting on Thursday. So you got a lot of MLB stuff to bet on Got the NHL coming down the stretch with their season. MMA just had a good, uh, Title card, I think it's UFC over the weekend. So you got that. You got tennis, boxing, golf, esports. They got you covered on all fronts. So head to Bet Online today on your computer, computer or mobile device and join, and you can receive a 50% of a welcome bonus on top of your first deposit. Just make sure to use our promo code Believe. That's capital B L E A V, and you can receive a 50% of a welcome bonus on top of your first deposit. Once again, that promo code is Believe, capital B L E A V, to receive your rewards. Bet Online, where the game starts. So. Ted, I mean, I think let's start with our bets. Like, I mean, that's, you let's know, I, we're talking about this and it's sort of laid out based on our preview show last week. Like, I mean, Ted, I hate to humble brag, but I think we got a lot of things we right, if it. not everything. We absolutely nailed that, dude. Well, all right. First off, let me just take the the, the prop backs. I don't think we're going to do a whole lot of prop bet coverage here. Is It was all the Eagles fans around me were cracking up because in the stands, this is the loudest I got the entire game. Was I heard Chris Tableson go, oh, and like he carried it on. And my dad, I'm not even joking. My dad looked at me and go, and went, you are so screwed. <laughs> and I, I, I had the timer going. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Oh, I was just like, God damn it. He was and throwing in some was, guitar riffs too. I was oh, like, oh, was I think it's going to go over. It was the worst. <laughs> the entire time I was freaking out. So we hit the under. Believe it or not, we hit the under. So we hit about two, depending on where your timer started. Two minutes, 201, 202, whatever. He definitely did not hit that 205 uh, you know, marker. So that was amazing. And then also on top of that, it was just so many awesome bets. As I will say, yes, I did screw up the Miles Sanders bet, but we did acknowledge during the episode that that was a risky bet. Exactly. I countered your point. I was like, Miles Sanders sometimes has his tendencies to get the shorter gains. He gets a lot of them. But they don't always go for a long gain, and so we definitely pointed that out. It's actually kind of funny because later in that drive, Boston Scott had an 11-yard gain, which is it exactly what I said. said. It's funny you said that. Kenneth Gainwell because, scored the touchdown on a seven-yard drive. I think it was all like that, seven-yard drive. Because, so it's like, yeah, because he breaks off that run. I look at my dad. I'm like, oh, sure. Now he breaks off big run. I'm like, oh, no, that wasn't even Miles Sanders. So I was yeah. like, okay, yeah, no, there we go. So it, it was one of those things where we hit every bet we wanted to. Except for the Miles Sanders one, but man, that is a good track record. Like we nailed all of our analysis. And one of the things I want to acknowledge about our analysis is that Chiefs offensive line. There was a moment where my dad and I had a shuttle because God knows we were driving back from that game. Is uh, uh, my dad? I, I showed my dad a stat I saw on Twitter. The Chiefs did not allow a single sack in the Super Bowl. And we talked about that in this uh, episode leading up to this game that the Chiefs offensive line A was underrated, mm-hmm. B they had to like play up to that underrated, you know, uh, uh status to win this game. They did not allow a single sack. And yes, there was that, you know, insane underthrow to uh Travis Kelsey, which mm-hmm. I still to this day will have no idea how Travis Kelsey ca- caught that. But it it's just one of those things of the, the Chiefs offensive line they are the MVP of this game. I, I have 10 MVPs above Patrick Mahomes for this game. Yeah, I think by default, they're the winning team. He led the charge in the second half. So by default, he was going to win the MVP for sure. But just, yeah, 
Kansas City Chiefs offensive line totally came to play. Like you said, the Eagles did not register a single sack. They had one tackle for loss the entire game as well. So, I mean, that's how good that's this crazy. Chiefs offensive line came and uh, performed, excuse me, in this game when it really mattered. They really shut down this Eagles pass rush. There were a couple of times, I think, like due to coverage, obviously there's a breakdown. Patrick Mahomes had to scramble out, but there were few and far between. Like, literally, I think I could probably count on one hand how many times that actually happened. Like, I mean, the Chiefs O-line, totally showed up but just to go back into some of the questions that i brought up tad during the recap that sort of played out the same way that we expected it to like i said who's going to win the turnover battle there's only one turnover the entire game and it was the jalen hurts fumble that led to a defensive score and a lot of people who who said that fumbles would be a big part of the eagles game you did and also like i said that's a lot of people are saying that that could have been it that that is the turning point of that game where it's like the Chiefs were able to climb back into that game, tie it up at 14. I know at the end of the half, it ended up being 24-14, but it's like still, it's like for you to sort of lose that momentum there when the Eagles totally could have like possibly put this game away for that to happen. Like, I mean, that's just insane that that happened. That was the only turn that happened. I said, once again, me and you, Tad, we, uh, we coupled up on this and we got it right. Outside of Travis Kelsey, who's going to step in the step up in this offense? So Travis Kelsey in the first half, he was pretty much the only receiving threat in this passing offense. Three receptions for 60 receiving yards, and he scored that first touchdown for the Kansas City Chiefs. But he finished the game with only six receptions for 81 yards. So he only had three more receptions and 21 receiving yards in the second half. Tad, who did you say needed to step up? A juju. It was, it was funny because it was uh, – looking back on the episode, I, oh, man, I messed up big time. Uh, I said it was either Juju or McCole Hartman. And McCole Hartman's uh, wife went into labor yeah. either the so day before mm-hmm. or the day of uh, Super Bowl day of the Super Bowl game. And all their replies were like, oh, thank God you're on IR. And I'm like, oh, wow, thank God I didn't pick him. So, <laughs> yeah, no, it was Juju stepped up big time. And But that's the thing, too, is like you could just tell – with Mahomes' ankle, and again, I'm not trying to be like that guy of like, oh, well, I was at the game. You could just tell Mahomes was looking for the guy that he could depend on other than Kelsey. And like once he and uh, Juju started hitting that stride, like kind of started hitting that rhythm, you just tell like, okay, this is where it's at. And that's exactly what I meant by, you know, two weeks ago when I said Juju needs to step up. You need to be the receiver that Mahomes knows he can, you know, depend on on those certain shorts, and that's exactly what he did, and that's why they won. Yeah, because you look at the first half, Juju Smith-Schuster only had one reception for five yards. It was all Travis Kelsey in the first half. The second half, Eagles probably did a lot better job to cover Travis Kelsey. Who stepped up? Juju Smith-Schuster. He finished the game with seven receptions, 53 receiving yards, and he led the team in receptions and targets. He actually had nine targets and seven receptions with read the, the entire passing offense there. So, I mean, yeah. Like you said, he needed to step up. He absolutely did. He became a safety blanket for he, Patrick Mahomes in that second half, especially with Kelsey being bottled up. And the key part was you don't need to be the deep threat. You don't need to be like no. the touchdown guy. You just need to be the guy that will be there to catch the pass, and he was that guy, and that was the key. You ju- Especially with his limited mobility, because let me tell you, man, he was hob- – I don't know if they showed it on cameras as much. He was hobbling around a lot, him being Mahomes, like – anytime they were on commercial break, he was like, ow, 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 ow. I kind of go to the sidelines. Like he needed somebody to be there on those short yardage plays. And uh, Smith Schuster was his guy there. Interesting. That's a good peek behind the scenes there. Cause yeah, they definitely yeah, didn't go. show that as much on TV. I didn't Obviously, think commercial would. break. They go to commercial. So we can't see all that stuff. So, wow. Okay. That's pretty crazy. That's pretty He was crazy. hobbling a lot. 
Makes sense. Makes sense. All right. And then the last question that I had was, can Philadelphia establish the running game? They did nope, it. Nope, Outside of Jalen Hurts, nope. he rushed for 70 yards. They had 115 total yards in that game. Eagles rushes only accounted for 45 of those rushing yards compared to the 70 that Jalen Hurts had. Um, you couple that with the fact that they had the ball, Tad, for 10 more minutes compared to the Kansas City Chiefs. And it's surprising that they sort of gave up on the run. They had 22 rushing attempts in the first half. Only 10 rushing attempts in the second half. You'd think with the lead, they would have rushed the ball a little bit more. But just, yeah, I'm very surprised that they didn't stick with the running game plan in the second half. They decided to throw it a little more. That possibly could be what did him in. I'd probably say a little bit more about the Kansas City's offensive sort of ingenuity and the scheming that Andy Reid was able to do on those two miraculous touchdown plays where Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony were just wide open. It was open. the same play, too. That's exactly. the best part. It was, it was, it was the beer. same play. It was one side, and then it was the other side. It's just amazing just how he was able to scheme those guys open. But just, yeah, Philadelphia, one of the strong suits, was running the ball. They couldn't do it in this game obviously led to them losing this game. So, Tad, I think there's a lot of people that are talking about recaps here, but let's start looking towards the future here. So where do we look for for these Eagles? Like, where do they go from here? Um, we'll get to the Chiefs in a little bit because we have a little bit of a bigger question with the Kansas City Chiefs. But, Tad, I'm looking at the Eagles, and it's, like, very interesting. But you know what? Really quick, I do want to give our odds for next year's potential Super Bowl winner. Thanks okay. for our friends yeah. at Bet Online. Yeah, yeah. That's so I have one. these odds here. So Kansas I City. Of course, they are the favorites right now at plus 500. Not we got bad. Philadelphia next at plus 700. Don't love it. We got it. Buffalo coming into third at plus 800. Also don't love San it. San Francisco is at plus what 800 as well. I like that. And then the last team with the three-digit odd marker is Cincinnati at plus 900. So that's that's a winner right there. That's that's a money ball right there. That is your plus, That is your top five right now. I had to include three more. I had to include your Colts, Ted. You want to give a guess on what the odds are? Oh, God. Uh, plus 1,600? Oh, it's much worse, my friend. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> it is plus 8,000 right now. <laughs> they are the third worst. I did want to give the two worst. You want to guess who the two worst teams are? There's one in the AFC, uh, one in the NFC. Texans and – oh, NFC is interesting. Texans and Saints? You got the Texans right. It's not the Saints. It is the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals. Oh, that eight. feels unfair. They are the second worst. They have that the ten, plus 10,000. No, and no, the Houston like Texans that. have the worst odds at plus 15,000. So we'll see what D'Amico Ryans has up his sleeve to turn around the Texans plus 15,000 odds here to win the Super Bowl. But, yes, let's jump to the Eagles here because, Tad, a lot of people talked about the Eagles sort of having an easy road or an easy path to get to the Super Bowl. They didn't have the bad, toughest opponents. They obviously went into the playoffs as the number one seed. They faced a pretty, you know, okay Giants team, a Niners team without their starting quarterback and without their backup starting quarterback. And we could keep going on because they pretty much were down to the district quarterback there. So they were able to blow out there. Then they faced a true test, I think, in Patrick Holmes and the Kansas City offense. But you look at their schedule next year, Tad. It's already going to get tougher. They're going to face yep. the entire NFC West. So you got the Niners. The Rams should be better. Arizona, I know we just said plus 10,000, but they could be interesting. That, depending again, who they that hire. feels wrong. That feels, that's a talent, uh, not a talent, like overall a talented roster, but that's not a gimme roster. Seattle surprised everybody, so they're going to be competitive. So that's the entire NFC West. They're going to play the entire AFC East. So you, obviously we talked about the Bills. The Miami Dolphins are a tough team now. The New York Jets could possibly turn things around, depending on what they figure out with the quarterback position. And the New England Patriots with Bill O'Brien, maybe their offense is going to be a lot better. So the AFC East is going to be tough. 
they're going to rematch the Kansas City Chiefs. That's probably going to happen. I'm not going to say it's the week one game because they always have the Super Bowl winner the week one game. Maybe we get a rematch there. But regardless, whenever that game happens, that's going to be a tough game for sure. And so automatically, their road to get to the playoffs just got a lot tougher. And on top of yep. all, and I'll give you a chance to speak here, Tad. They have a ton of free agents that are going to be loose. Key free agents, too. Like, here's just a handful of them. Miles Sanders, free agent. Jason Kelsey. Andre Dillard, a really good backup offensive lineman. Fletcher Cox, one of their star defensive linemen. Brandon Graham, one of the heroes of the Super Bowl when they won against the New England Patriots. He's going to be free agent. Javon Hargrave, another key defensive lineman. James Bradbury, who they signed for the New York Giants after being a cap casualty. He's going to be a free agent. And Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who they traded with the New Orleans. They're going to resign him, though. Really big piece, too. So, I mean, that's going to be interesting to see what happens with him as well. So, Tad, just... How do you feel about the Eagles going forward? Gardner Johnson is going to resign. I'm not concerned about him. They're going to make sure Probably they lock true, him down. but still, that's a lot of free agents. That, no, free well, and, that, and that is a lot to lose. And this just shows like how many key pieces they are losing. Is uh, While I was walking up to the seats in the Super Bowl, my dad, who is a Michigan fan, looks at me and is like, did you know Brandon Graham is playing middle linebacker for them? I looked at him and I was like, I don't think he is. And he's like, <laughs> yes, he is. I'm like, I really don't think he is. And the entire game, like, where's 55 in the middle of the field, Dad? Like, where is he? And, like, that like it, that, that just shows what a impact these veteran leaders have on this team of, like, they just have that kind of impact where you think they're playing middle, you know, middle linebacker, where, in fact, I think I saw a total of, I don't know, two or three plays where Brandon Ingram was actually – or uh, Ingram. Uh, Brandon uh, – uh, You're already in was, basketball mode. You're switching off for basketball. I, I know. I'm, I know. I'm doing, Brandon Graham, excuse me. <laughs> Brandon awful. Graham was playing – like he came in as a situational pass rusher at the entire Super Bowl. I maybe saw him like maybe two plays. So while that's not a big rush or a big loss, that veteran leadership, that's the loss right there. So James Bradbury – and yes, I know we're not going to focus too much on this – stupid holding call i'm so i'm already so sick of all this talk by this holding call if you don't want to leave it up to the refs don't leave it up to the refs that's all i'm gonna say about that um but yes no there's a lot of, there's a lot of gap there in talent that's going to be lost and i think a, a big portion of this too is you gotta remember we saw it in uh, we see it every year in teams we i think a perfect example of this is back in i want to say 2012 those baltimore ravens teams when, when the lights went out against your San Francisco 49ers, that team got absolutely poached, and they lost a ton of talent in Baltimore, and they have not been to the back to the Super Bowl since. And I think this was the Eagles' first real chance to repeat. I, I know it's not a back-to-back repeat, but kind of like kind of set up that dynasty. If that's the word we're using. So I just I, – yeah, this is a big, big loss for the Eagles. I think they'll still compete. I just don't think they'll be as dominant as they were this year. Because, yeah, I think the big thing, too, is that with the way Jalen Hurts played, finishing second in the MVP title race, um, obviously taking his team to the Super Bowl in just his second year, he's going to get paid. And so it's like as soon as you pay that Oh, I don't think he's going to get paid this year. I don't think he's going to get paid this year, but it's just you have to start thinking about that, right? So it's like yeah. addressing all these free agents, unless you like work some serious Cap Houdini magic tricks. Like, I mean, it's going to be hard to sort of plan for Jalen Hurts' big contract, as well as re-signing a lot of these key guys. So I'm pretty sure a lot of these guys are going to go. I would be surprised if maybe Jason Kelsey retires. There's a lot of talk about him potentially retiring yeah. after they won the Super Bowl a handful of years ago. So it's like maybe he goes out if they, now. If they won, I bet you five bucks he would have retired on the field. 
That's very possible. That's very possible. So it's like some of these guys, maybe they do decide to retire. So that'll save the Eagles a little bit, like uh, worrying about not having to lose these guys. But just, yeah, this team is going to look a little bit different next year. And that's going to affect their play as well. So, Tad, you brought up an interesting word here, dynasty. So let's switch things to the other team, the Kansas City Chiefs, because, I mean, I mean, they've been pretty dominant the last handful of years here. Three Super Bowl appearances with two wins. Five straight AFC Championship game appearances. They have never finished a game. They've never lost a game prior to that game. Um, since Mahomes has been named the starter, at least 12 wins in five straight seasons. Honestly, like, I mean, you look at next season and a couple of years, maybe beyond that, they're really the top of the AFC. Like, you could talk about Cincinnati. You could talk about Buffalo. But it's like outside of a very top-heavy AFC with just those three teams, I don't see a lot of competition elsewhere. So it's like, do we need to like consider the AFC, uh, the AFC winning chiefs and now the Super Bowl winning chiefs? Like, are they like on that dynasty sort of track right now? Because I mean, they've been so successful. So, well, all right. First things first, I need to say this. That Super Bowl podium is surprisingly small. <laughs> I need to say that because, okay. like, so me okay. and my dad, we 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 were in. The, I won't say nosebleeds because Arizona is a great stadium. Where even the nosebleeds, emergency in the photos. I think we even shared them from our Twitter. We posted account. it on our social media handle. Yeah, yeah. Got, so you can see those it there. were the nosebleeds. Like that's how close you are to the stadium. It's not so bad, after yeah. that, uh, great seats. Uh, and me and my dad like went down to the club level seats, which I was also very surprised. NFL, if you're listening to this, please do not listen to your security. So we uh we got in the club level seats after the game. <laughs> Game. Oh my gosh. And uh, God, that podium was like maybe six feet wide, six feet across. Like it was surprisingly small. And Patrick Mahomes gave the most. And like I, like, I I'm not even joking. Like my dad was laughing at me because I just like chef kissed after he did it because it was the perfect quarterback answer. Because they asked him this exact answer: Is this the start of a dynasty? And Mahomes goes, "We've done some winning. We've got to do some more winning. We're gonna look toward the future." I'm like, oh my God, that is the that that is the that is the Perfect quarterback answer right there. You know what? I will say what Mahomes won't. Yes, this is the beginning of a goddamn dynasty right here. And, and like, unless he, uh, unless something happens where he does not win his fourth ring, fourth. I'm not even talking about third because third's on its way. Third is gonna happen sometime this decade. Unless he does not win his fourth ring by 2030, this dude is going to out like outdo Brady within, you know, 10 years of his career. This is, without doubt, the most talented quarterback we've ever seen in our career. Uh, you know what? I've said Rodgers is the great, uh, is the GOAT. I've said, uh, well, I've never said Brady is the GOAT. But, I've, I've, you know, the whole GOAT argument is done. I am planting my flag in this right now. Patrick Mahomes is the GOAT. We are at the cusp of a Kansas City dynasty, and I'm absolutely here for it. Yeah, I think, like I said, it just sort of circles back to what I said earlier, where it's like the AFC is very top heavy. So you got your great teams at the very top. But, but below that, it's just I don't see much competition. I think we're hoping to see lots of these teams take that next step, but they still have a lot of work to do to get to where the Kansas City Chiefs are. Like, I mean, they just they have it all set on offense. They obviously are led by a future Hall of Fame quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. As long as Andy Reid is leading that team, they're definitely, you know, Always a contender for the Super Bowl, I think. Always. Just that connection between Mahomes and Andy Reid is just like, it's hard to beat that sort of quarterback head, head coach connection. It's just... But, 
but that's what makes the Mahomes dynasty. I think that's why I'm willing to give him dynasty so much earlier is you got to get over the bills and you got to get over the Bengals with mm-hmm. Brady. It was like, Hey, can you get over Manning? Oh, you got Remaining? Great. Then it was like, whoever the hell yeah, you played in the Super Bowl. No, I understand. Yeah, exactly. It was like, that. you have to clear that one, you know, mountain hill. And with Mahomes, you got to clear one, two, and then three. And then like, he, he's done it now twice. And it's just, it, it, he does it so effortless effortlessly and i know like everyone's harping on this let's not forget the fact that he played this on a bum ankle like yeah. i legitimately thought when he was like hopping off the field at the end yeah. of the second half i legitimately looked at my dad i was like we're about to see any i'm like we're about to see any right here because i like i did not think we were I gonna really see thought so too. Here. i really thought so too and, like and the way he guy... was hobbling off after he took that big hit on his ankle i think everybody in the room that i was watching the game with they were like oh he's done this is a complete game changer but yeah, I think he got lucky. It happened literally right before the half. So he got to go to the locker room, extended halftime because of the Rihanna performance, obviously. So it's like maybe that helped a little bit too. But just, yeah, those I mean, pl- like I said. Those platforms took a while to get set up. <laughs> exactly. So it's like got a little bit extra chance to tape it up, uh, you know, take whatever medicine that they was going to take, right, to just sort of help him sort of gut through it exactly, throw up the quote marks for me, you know, so it's like, you know, I think that helped a lot too, but it's just like, it's also the biggest stage in the NFL, right, so it's like, you have to sort of gut it out, so as much as he was in pain, I really doubt he was going to put himself in a position where he's like, I can't go, it had to be like, pretty much like, falling off his foot, uh, falling off his leg yeah. to literally be not playing that game. Well, and, and that's what, and that's why I told my dad too, is like, and that was the cool part about being there is I think like if he wins, you know, six or seven, which I think he will. Uh, I, I honestly think this past performance will be the one that sticks in everyone's minds. Of like, he won that Super Bowl on one leg and it's a fearsome pass rush. Like, I really do believe that this will be the signature Super Bowl win of his career, which tells you how good he is of like, well, which Super Bowl win is the best is like, well, a lot of quarterbacks don't even get to have that option. And I really think that this will be the best Super Bowl win of his career. For now. Because there's still now. a lot we'll of his see. career left. If he is running like with one arm like taped behind his back, like maybe that will outdo <laughs> it. But like honestly, like the fact that he was basically playing with one leg, like it's hard to outdo that. No, for sure. Like I said, I think this is like I, I agree with you as of right now that this is probably his best Super Bowl win. But yeah, we'll see what happens down the road because like we talked about, I think this is the, you know, I think we're entering that dynasty talk. I think it's very much, you know, understandable why people are talking about it that way. And I think he's still got a lot of football left to play and he's still got a lot more rings to collect for his pants for sure. So that was a fun Super Bowl for sure. But yeah, we're, now we're going to be shifting into off-season talk. We're going to have a lot of great content for you guys. I mean, we're going to be heavy into the draft stuff for sure. Free agencies just around the corner. Um, we're going to be talking about the trade deadline. Uh, sorry, not the trade deadline, but the uh, franchise tag Free deadline. That's what I wanted to talk about. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the combine's coming up. Pro days. Like, I mean, there's a lot of great content that we're going to be giving to you. And the best way you can follow with all of that is subscribe early to your podcast, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can listen right on the LEFP Network website. There's a ton of options up out there for you hit that subscribe button always be up to date with everything that's happening with our podcast and if you're watching us on youtube 
hit that subscribe button on YouTube as well because you can watch us on our own individual channel. Uh, you can also subscribe to the LAFB Network, LAFB Football Network's channel as well. We have our playlist still there, so we probably have some good videos for content over there. We did our live stream to their through their platform as well, so subscribe to their great content. They're going to be talking about some Ram stuff, some um, Charger stuff, obviously Bruins and um, Trojans as well as they get closer with their offseason stuff. So lots of great content over there as well. And you see the ticker down below. I mean, follow us on all our social media handles. You see my personal handle on Twitter, Upside23. You see Tad's at TadsDeside94. Got the show handle at the Decide Guys. And of course, we're on Instagram at the Decide Guys as well. So, guys, to everybody who's already following us at Instagram and interacting with us on Twitter, watching, listening, rating, anything and everything in between, guys, we really just can't thank you enough. Thanks, everyone. You know, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll see you later in the week. Thank <laughs> you.